Hello and welcome to Johnny and Tiggy Walker Consciously Coupling. Now in this podcast we're going to be chatting to other couples and finding out how they met. Who did the wooing or who wooed who. Whether they faced any struggles together. And the triumphs and the joys that they've had. We'll hear about the songs that they love, that they share and maybe some that they don't. And it's all with thanks to our partner, the Velvetizer, from Hotel Chocolat, barista-grade drinking chocolate at home. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to get a new episode every Wednesday. Right, let's get started. Let's. On this edition of Johnny and Tiggy Walker Consciously Coupling, our guests are Dave Myers, one half of the Hairy Bikers, and his wife Liliana Orzak, who he met in Romania during one of their filming uh, biking trips. Now, your memory being better than mine, Tiggs... Do you think so? Yeah, well, of course it is. <laughs> mine is a bit older. and um, It's had more abuse. No, it's full. It's, it's full? Yeah. Oh, it's not to, that bucket story. Yeah, well, it's true. Okay. Yeah. Well. When you get old, the bucket gets full, so there's no room for new memories. So that's why you can't remember last week, but you remember 15 years ago. But anyway, when did we first meet Dave? Well, we were at the Shaftesbury Food Festival. One, I don't know, I guess it was a May bank holiday weekend or something like that. And we're buying some goat cheese or something like that. And suddenly we see um, our friend Anya, who was doing the PR for the Hairy Bikers at the time. And Dave was down for the weekend. And he he couldn't believe it, I remember, because people were coming up to him and going, Oh, you're Dave Myers, you're one of the Hairy Bikers. And everyone was just walking past you, ignoring you. And he's going, I can't <laughs> believe it. Johnny Walker's a legend and, and, and everyone wants to say hello to me. I've always loved him for that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. Um, he says somewhere in the notes that we've got uh, that his idea of heaven is cooking uh, at a dinner party. That man can cook. He's got, oh, he's fantastic. Do you think we should invite them in, Johnny? Hey, oh, it's been far too long. It's lovely to see you. Great to see you, Dave. Hello, Dave. Hello, Lily. How are you? Yeah, well, very well, thank you. How are you? We're doing fine. Actually, surviving this time remarkably well. Tiggy's just reminded me when we first met at the Shaftesbury Food Fair. Yeah. When you were walking up and down, causing a sensation, everybody going nuts. Oh, God, there's Dave from the Hairy Bikers. And you loved the fact that I was being completely ignored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then when you opened your mouth, you could hear people's ears prick up. And it's, it's, it's always, it, I, I still find it strange listening to your dulcet tones, Johnny. You know, it's been such a part of everybody's life for such a long time. But no, I think we missed you both. We, we still got memories of New Year's Eve with the mascara. I think that go, <laughs> that'll go down. I've got the photographs to prove it. I will send them to Tiggy. <laughs> I had forgotten that. I'd forgotten that. <laughs> it was quite an entrance. <laughs> <laughs> like to make an entrance. Now, let's start at the beginning. And, and our first question always is, how did you two meet? You start. You start. <laughs> I always, I always like to say that uh, when when somebody's asking me, uh, how did you get to move from Romania into Britain? I always like to say, well, on the back of a bike, somebody's brought me in here on the back of his bike. 
And that's the truth, actually, because that's how we met. It was um, in t- 2005 when we started to film the, the Hairy Bikers Go to Transylvania. It's in the very first series, so nobody had heard of the programme. And, um, and Si and I were doing the recce's on our own. We, we, we'd driven in this old Ford Focus from Bucharest all the way up to Siget, which is on the Ukrainian border. And we, we drove into town. And there was a hotel on the right-hand side. And I said, I jumped out the car. I said, I'll, I'll, I'll see if they've got a room, Kingy. And um, it was a pretty horrible hotel. And we, we came out. And um, he's, I said, yeah, they've got a room. And so I said, what's it like? I said, I said oh, it's dreadful. He said, well, look, up there, there's, there's, a, there's a pensione. Now, and I said, oh, okay, then. So we drove around there. And who was behind the reception desk? Lil. And so we, we just bundled in. We said, we've got a, got a couple of rooms. And she was very, very strict, like really strict. And she took us up, up to our room. And she was, you were very, very cold, really cold. And, I said, I and afterwards, that. afterwards I said, cool, Kingy, I really like her. And he went, nah, she's really scary. <laughs> and that's, that's how we met, really. And then you became our fixer, didn't you? Because everything else, when we, the, the, the pensione was beautiful. And so we, in those days, we would schedule the crew and schedule the, the hotels. So we actually made it that we had our days off and we could all stay. We rented out every room in the hotel in Lil's place because you had the, the license, having a degree in yeah. tourism. And, um, and that's basically how we met. And then when we went to, back to film there, um, Lil took over from our fixer because everything the fixer planned to film went south. And so Lil said, well, I've got a friend who does this. And you ended up in the first programme as well. Yes. And the, the footage is still there. Little did we know. Little right, did now, you know. Let's, let's, Lily, can we hear your version now? What did you think when these two hairy bikers came in to the hotel? Oh, my gosh. Um, th- th- these two burly men came in, uh, big like this, in, in their uh, biking <laughs> gears. Now, it didn't, it didn't look very, very... Um, yeah, yeah, I just thought, oh my gosh. But um, we kept in touch over over a couple of years. It took him two years to convince me. <laughs> we, were, we were kind of pen pals, weren't we? We were pen yeah. pals for a couple of, uh, of years. Now, I worked in tourism, and but I never travelled abroad. So whatever I was doing, I was doing in the country. And uh, I loved my job. I loved what I was doing. Um, but... He used to send me these emails from all over the world. Uh, Mexico, they filmed next after Romania, they filmed in Mexico, they filmed in India, in Turkey, Argentina, and he was sending me these beautiful emails. Uh, it was like a travelogue um, from the places that he visited. Absolutely enchanting and beautiful. And um, it just started like that. So you fell in love with his written word? Um, yes, to be honest. And then uh, it evolved into uh, phone calls. So, uh, and that was a really, really good um, training for me, the phone calls. Because once I moved into Britain, he was always away. So our relationship for years was on the phone. (laughs) But I'd I'd already been trained on that. (laughs) And uh, yeah. Um, now our relationship was for for quite a while on the phone. Yeah, and then you came over for a holiday, and it was, and it was funny. We we had that conversation, you know, before you came over because you had two two children. I mean, your, your circumstances, 
And I, I said, well, look, I'm, it's a holiday. I said, don't, don't worry, I'm not going to hit on you. It's just have a holiday. And so then, you know, she came over and then she hit on me, really. <laughs> and she has just hit you. <laughs> this is not, not the first time, I tell you. So, Dave, all the time you were sending these emails from around the world, did, did you have the confidence that you could win her heart? Did you think that, you know, you were going to get together? Or weren't you sure? No, I wasn't sure. And obviously at that time as well, Romania wasn't in the EU. So it was, it was quite a palaver when Lil eventually did come over. Um, it was quite a performance actually getting into the country. Um, it wasn't easy. And I don't know, it, it was kind of, we'd had a good time and we were friends and I didn't think I had any de no, designs. No, it we was, were, we were, we were, we were, friends. We were friends. And, we were friends. and it was the, the correspondence was, it was nice for me to, you know, at, at night sometimes I'd, I'd just drop the emails down and I always got a nice, because you had time at the hotel, I always got a considered reply. And um, it was rather lovely, you know. Um, so the, the, the you know the initial you know it was it's just just very healthy really quite old fashioned it was yeah. it was and, and yeah. I think the the, the and he he was old fashioned when I first yeah. came to visit and he picked me up at the airport and um, uh, I was blown away by one tiny little thing so he picked me up from the airport it took two hours to drive to um, his house. And uh, it was about midnight and he opened the fridge and he said, what do you want me to cook for you? Now, I've never, ever in my life had a man cook for me. Never. So that was the very first thing that just hit me. And mind you, that we were friends, so we, I was visiting as a friend. But from that moment on, my heart just melt because this man was cooking for me at midnight. And it was really, really endearing. And... The days that followed, it, it was just the same. What what should I do for you? What should I? Well, he took uh, time off work just to for for us to have a a holiday around. Yeah, I had, I had it the was time. Really beautiful. Yeah, I had the time off work, and it was it was good. You know, we we had a we had fun. Um, but it's like that. I love cooking. I, I love giving, and, and I always remember that first meal because I knew we'd be late. I'd done like a nice antipasto, um, you know, with some salamis and cold meats and a nice bottle of wine and some, you know, griddled aubergines, vegetables, antipasto misto. So it was something that was easy, you know, it came out the fridge and maybe a couple of hot bits and, and, a, and, a, and a nice bottle of wine. And you were shattered because the trip you'd had had been hellish getting from Sigurd through to Bucharest. Bucharest and then, and then to, Bucharest to, to Manchester. No, 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 it was via Prague. That's right. So I had to break my journey different airports. And then in those days, I was waiting for it at Manchester and you got held up at customs. As I say, pre-EU, it was, uh, I had to have a letter from the production company so that Lily could come over to visit me. No, I had to go and, and obtain a visa. So for yeah. that visa, I had to go to uh, an interview at the embassy, then produce a file about this thick with my documents, his documents, uh, the the work documents. Yeah, it was. And, and your, your bank account details. And it, it, well. it, it, my bank account details, and it was for a holiday. Yeah. And at Manchester, they were saying, so, I said, well, I said, she's got two kids in Romania. What do you think's going to happen? So she might stop. I said, I don't think so. You know, she's just, you know, it's, 
Um, this, I, I, I was really quite shocked, actually, the level of hostility there was just for a person to come on holiday because I think we got used to the freedom, which, which I must admit, I find it quite strange that we've gone backwards now, um, you know, by isolating ourselves. But that's another conversation to be had another time. But it really was quite difficult. And then, you know, um, after that, Shortly after Romania became into the EU and it became much simpler. Yeah, it was a little bit easier. Yeah. But it's, it's fascinating to hear that the way to a woman's heart is by cooking. So it does work the other way. Yes, I, I, have, I, have, a, I have a very bitter friend of mine and she always says the way to a man's heart, man's heart is with a bread knife. Well, that's, <laughs> a, that's a different... <laughs> so so what, what about... Sorry, Tiggs, go ahead. I was going to say, what... Um, how long was it from that holiday when you came over, Lily, to you sort of becoming an, a serious item where you were thinking about leaving Romania to move over? It was a couple here. of years, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because of children and that, it was... Um, yeah, uh, so I moved over when uh, my daughter started school in September 2007. Um, so, it, yeah, two years. It, it took us two years. Yeah, and it was a bit of a clincher. She came over um for a break and it was um she sat an entrance exam to a school yeah. in barrow and uh, and it was kind of decided if if she liked it it was all dependent on if she was prepared to give things a go really she um, was 11 at the time yeah. so she came first so if she if she enjoyed if she got that place in the school in, in, in the school then uh, yes we would make it work and she did and your son Serge is a bit older. Yes. Did he also come to school here? He came straight into Aberdeen, uh, Robert Gordon University. So um, he's done that five years there. Yeah, and he did nine years at university. And, in the and after Aberdeen, he went to Oxford. So uh, he, his, second, uh, uh, his second degree is in Oxford. So now he's an engineer with Renault, the Formula One team. So this followed like Johnny's footsteps, really. He, he was, you know, I always said that Sergio, he was a geek with a spanner. You know, he was computing and maths, very, very talented. But he also the sort of person who could fix a tractor or strip down carburettors and engines, which of course is perfect for Formula One. So he's, crikey, how time goes, because he's just turned 31. And now he's, he's got the job of his dreams. Now you always wanted a family, Dave, and all of a yeah. sudden, You've got a ready-made family. Did you find it tricky building a relationship with your new stepdaughter and stepson? No, I, th I think one of the secrets was I, I kind of never, as, as soon as Isa came over and she was 11, there, I felt the responsibility was huge and she did become top of the agenda. So that, that was fine uh, and I had no, no problem. And, and she came everywhere with us. I mean, before she could speak English, she was going to the Good Food Show and... And, you know, Gordon Ramsay was, was throwing her around. James Martin called her his girlfriend and chased her around, around the NEC. And, of course, he gave her cashier when she took the photos back to school. You know, it's this little Romanian kid. But, hey, what's she doing, you know? No, I didn't think about it too much. And Serge, I think... And I never tried to be their father, you know? I, I, I had the responsibility. Yeah. I never tried to replace their dad. So it was never any, any conflict, and they, they give me a chance, I give them a chance, and, and now is is 25, Serge is 31. Um, we, but, we've got a really solid unit and it's, they, it's they, been so wonderful, really. They, they'd rather call Dave with mischiefs 
uh, then then call me. So they only call me when they have problems to solve because they they need their mum's attention. We are the serious one. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm the one who sets down the rules, but he's the fun one. So uh, guess what? They call him all the time. Well, I don't know. It's, it's two <laughs> yeah, they ways. Do. And, they do. You know, like with Serge now, you know, he can take me to the, the, the Grand Prix and stuff, you know, and it's, and we've been very lucky with the bikers being able to keep things going over the, over the decades, you know, and they're both done the dreams and they're very happily settled with their partners. So again, we've had these people who have come into our yes. lives. So uh, the family is now even yeah. growing. The bikers have been really successful, Dave. As you say, they've gone. You and Cy King have gone on and on. You're, it's been the most amazing uh, creation of a, of, a, of a duo. How's that been for you, Lily? Because when you got together with Dave, you weren't just getting together with him. There's this other family, this other sort of spouse that he has, which is Cy King. Has that ever been an issue? No, it's never been an issue. Uh, most of the time, <laughs> as I said, uh, in the first years, uh, he was away. Um, there were years when I could have count the I could count the the nights in his own bed, on on my fingers. So he was that that amount of time away from home. Um, so obviously, I had to do something. Uh, so build my 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 life and build build something for me. Uh, whilst he was away, so uh, living up in Cumbria, <laughs> uh, yeah, I built my my own little business. Um, took care of the kids, took care of him when he came home. Uh, yeah, I I I enjoy the fact that um, he had work, but he 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 managed very well to keep it separate, although. Um, Always a joy to have uh, the uh, filming crew in the house. Yes. <laughs> Always a joy to have uh, people at the table. No, no, fantastic. We we are both gregarious people, and we love having. Yeah, and King, King has been part of my life for the past thirty years. You know, and we've we've had it's only the past two years we've had Valentines together, myself yeah, and Lil. There you, go. you know, I've been with Kingy. We've always been in a in a hotel somewhere, the little romantic table. I've, I've, Phone Lil up, but I can remember, I think it was only something like two days after you moved over, and I bought, um, I had my, my uh, it was a cheap Honda Civic, and so that was it, it was, the, the school's over there, uh, there's a Honda Civic and a Tom Tom, they'd just, they'd just come onto the market, and you were just on your own, really. Um, yeah. And the Honda Civic went out of uh, fuel uh, halfway to town. The town that, that I didn't know, the school that I didn't know how to find. Uh, I had no idea where Tesco or a garage was <laughs> to go and find some fuel. So, yeah, it was it was a challenge. It was good. Um, you could have filled the tank up for her, Dave. Come on, mate. <laughs> oh, I left it with a full tank. But you, you know, it wasn't going to go on forever. It was frugal, but not that frugal, Johnny. <laughs> so... Is it true for both of you, Dave, I'll ask you first, does absence make the heart grow fonder? It does. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think it does. And I also think we we speak oh, a lot on the phone. Um, it, not, not in a forced way, not, not, uh, but I think do, not, not in an obligatory way. Um, no, it's just But normal. yeah, yeah. And I, I, whenever I'm, I'm, I moved down south because basically once the, the kids had left school and stuff, 
the the traveling because like side us we go home after as soon as we can we've got our lives you know and uh, and so in the early days you know there's a lot of motorcycling involved i mean there was when we did food tour of britain with 36 counties in britain and i was on a triumph rocket three and i think we did 15,000 miles one winter so basically i'd film set finished down in somerset I'd be on that bike in the winter going home for the weekend. Um, and some days used to put me in front of the wood burner with the dog just to try and thaw out. Um, but, you know, I was the same going up to Newcastle. You know, we it's but but we, we had the work and it was exciting. It was fun. Uh, but it did. It, it did. It makes things more romantic. I think it still does. You know, you look forward to coming home. There's a bit, bit more spice to it, you know. Well, I, th- I mean, I would certainly say, because we have a life normally, in normal life, where Johnny's up in town for two or three yeah. nights. And the, it's, all, it is, it's sad to say goodbye, and it's lovely to welcome somebody back. And then bit in between, when you have the house to yourself, it's a delight. <laughs> <laughs> I it's mean, that's all tidy. A, that's the other thing, uh, Lily, because you run the home when Dave's away and you do do everything your way and then suddenly he's back getting under your feet you know does that does it take a little while to get used to each other again oh uh, the the first two three days are very sweet and then mm. (laughs) yeah and then we have to um um yeah, but then Bring you... out the swords a little bit. Oh, yeah, because that's because you go on strike and you expect me to do everything at home as well. I do the cooking. Oh, you. Oh, oh you're a victim, aren't you? You're oh. a victim. Now, I moved houses without him. Uh, I moved countries without him. I bought and sold houses without him. And he only comes home and he says, Oh, darling, we've got a beautiful home. Yes, yes. <laughs> with, with the help of removal men and packers, you weren't exactly left with a load of cardboard boxes in a van. At this point, can I mention our wonderful sponsors, uh, The Velvetizer, uh, brought to you by Hotel Chocolat, uh, the, the way to make barista-grade drinking chocolate at home. And I recognise the cup that Dave Myers is drinking out of. So you're enjoying your hot chocolate, are you? Very much so, yes. It's, it's you know, it, it filmed in Mexico in 2006, and, um, and obviously the hot chocolate there, that it's, it's like this, it's chocolate that's down in milk. It really works, it's great actually. But being kind of prone to be fat, I have to ration myself, but it's very good. Oh, and the uh, chocolate pot. Yeah, I've got, I've got a Mayan chocolate pot that's it's about a thousand years old, terracotta chocolate wow. pot on the three legs that the Mayans would have had the hot chocolate. So life's come full circle really. Amazing. Look at look at that. Um, I wanted to say, um, in terms of sharing Dave with Sai, you also shared him with Karen in Strictly Come Dancing. Now, how for Strictly Come Dancing is huge for all of us. How was it for you, Lil, to have your husband dressed up in sequins and satin? I mean, we know that he loves sequins and satin. I mean, that, that's a given. But how was it when he was doing it in front of sort of however many millions of people every Saturday night? Oh, it made him so happy. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> but it was a, a fantastic experience for the whole family because mm. every weekend uh, with the kids, we would be down to, uh, to the, the Elstree Studios and uh, have the time of our lives. So we absolutely loved it. Uh, even more so, he got fit. 
Yeah. <laughs> doing the all that all that dancing, uh, we uh, we got to to meet uh, interesting people. Yeah, it was uh, a good good bunch, mate. Very yeah. very really very good, good bunch. bunch. But Dave was spending Dave was spending so many hours every day with this woman, and then when they do the show, there's this woman draped all around him, constantly got her arm round him, touching him. So was that hard, Lily? Look, look at him. What's the chance? Do you know, Karen, Karen, I absolutely love her to bits. And she was so kind to everybody, like Serge and his, my stepchildren. Yeah. They were really good mates. Funny enough, it was with work. When Karen married Kevin Clifton, yeah, as I was then, um, Lil, Serge and Issa went to the wedding. And of course I couldn't, because I was filming. But, and then, then Karen and Kevin came up to stay with us. And I remember one time I was cooking with Karen and, and Kevin was making a waistcoat with Lil in the sewing room. But there was, there was one journalist said to us, oh, do you worry about the Strictly curse? And, but Karen had finally stopped laughing and I said, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was, she, she's such a special person, actually. It's funny, it sounds really trite, people say that. But no, she was the friend for life thing so much time she had a lot of time for us and she was yeah i was never gonna win as she said i i, I had six left feet and whenever we got through we'd, we'd be behind the the scenery just giggling like school kids and we'd go and get drunk you know and it was she had to teach him how to stand straight <laughs> yeah tell that story no she did she, she it was it was like it's like something from a, a charles Dar darwin sort of project of the neanderthal man she would strap, she would put a pole like this and have to have my arms there and walk around like this to try and straighten myself out. But she was, she was good fun, loved it. So let's talk about some music now. So when you're walking around the house singing David Bowie, um, uh, All the Mad Men, uh, do you really enjoy that, Lily? No, no, I, I can't say I do. Uh, uh, first of all, I. I'm not a fan of uh, David Bowie's music, but then sang by oh. Dave, it's even worse. <laughs> my... Sorry, sorry, sorry. I don't want to offend anybody. Why, why is it? Why? It, it's amazing. Not, not to my ears. No, sorry. I, I've got different taste, but um, yeah. Well, I don't understand. It. Well, you don't understand me. I don't understand you. No. <laughs> Well, I just, See I, what music I, can do. <laughs> I, I love the early Bowie stuff. You know, I, I love it. I love the, I love like the stories in it, and I love the way he sings it. It's just poetry. Lily, what music do you love that Dave doesn't really like? Oh, I'm more into poetry type of music. Yeah, funnily enough, I do like um, uh, ballads a lot. Um, I love, uh, I love. Uh, um, there, there's. Certain uh, artists, uh, foreigners, not not Brits, that I like. There's also British ar artists. I can't I can't say no. I, I love Lara Fabian. She's got a fantastic voice. She's um, from Belgium. Yeah, um, she's she, she's fantastic. Oh, it's just music, music to cut your wrists too, really. <laughs> yeah, that's what. <laughs> well, do you know, Dave? We did listen to the, to some Lara Fabian earlier. I have to say, 
slightly on your side on this one, Dave, but then I'm a huge Bowie fan, especially that album, yeah, Man yeah, of absolutely. the Absolutely. Yeah, it just goes on. I mean, I don't know. It's a European Yeah, thing. maybe also I, I can understand the, the words. But, but your choice of music, Lily, does that mean you're the romantic one of the two? Um, I am, but I can also say that I absolutely love rock bands. Now, our favourite is Scorpions. Yeah, but I, oh, hold on. Yeah. Is that the romantic ones? You're not the romantic one out of the two of us. Oh, yeah. No, no. There, there's, there, sometimes there's, there's the whiff of communism and that upbringing that well, I, you're very functional. You're not, <laughs> you know, there's a whiff of Ceausescu creeps in every now and again. You can be quite heartless. Heartless? Yes. Heartless? Yes. Oh, the man calls me heartless. No, you can be. I mean, when we first met... You know, it was, I was quite, you were quite strict, which I found quite attractive. But um, no, I'm, I'm the one with the flowers and the cups of coffee in the morning. Do you want me to bring you flowers? Yes, <laughs> you'd be surprised, never happened. What's the song that you brings you together that you both love? Oh, the winds have changed, the scorpions. It, it's very important. On the very first time, when Lil came over, we, we stopped at a garage and... I thought, right, you know, and I've, I've loved the Scorpions since the 80s, seeing them at Donington, you know, the Monsters of Rock, and I, I, I love this stuff. And we were in a garage, and you saw this Scorpions Live double CD, and um, and you went to buy it, and I just thought, this is brilliant, because obviously I, I love them, and it was the live double album. Yeah, um, so that, um, that trip, we listened to, to them, but as it, uh, as it happened, we were following them all across Europe. We, I think we, were about th we saw them about 30 Yeah, we used to times. go and see them in Munich, Frankfurt, yeah, just, Switzerland, uh, Spain. Just do weekends away to, to see them in, uh, in, uh, in different places. But one of the songs, yes, it's uh, Wind of Change. Because it was a it, perestroika. It, yeah, know, it's, it's like it, it meant a lot for my generation um, because that kind of represents the freedom for us but once we uh we had the chance to go and see them oh our first dance was winds of change it, what i was gonna ask was it yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i still can't whistle it like klaus <laughs> i know but you know it, it's they always do that as, as part of their encore and uh oh it's great so so it, it was you know when you meet your heroes well you you've met everybody johnny you know but um they're just wonderful gentlemen and, um, you know, as Klaus Miner says, it's the soundtrack of your life and it kind of has been with us, really, both of us, because they're one of the few musicians that got through to yeah. the communist times. Um, yeah. Well, they, they weren't in communism. They were, all this Western music was forbidden. So we used to listen uh, at the midnight. There was a radio from Munich, Free Europe it was called. And they were broadcasting from Munich, one hour of music. So that's what we were used to listen. That's how I learned about you, Johnny. Um, I, or I heard your name uh, in those um, uh, radio nights. <laughs> so, yeah, no, uh, back in communism, no, it was, it was forbidden. But in the 90s, actually, Scorpions was one of the first bands that, um, uh, th that we listened to. Yeah. If you'd have been caught... Listening into Radio Free Europe, would you would you have been in trouble? Yes, very much so, very much so. 
um, arrested, interrogated. Well, all I can all I can say when I was just an example, a small example. I was eight years, nine years old when I started uh, learning English in school, and my English teacher brought me an address of a girl in England. Uh, she was from Hereford, and uh, the same age as I was, so we were corresponding. So we were, we were just, well, I wrote her a letter, she wrote back to me one letter, um, and on my second letter, I, there was about a month, two months, three months, and I didn't get any answer back. Uh, nobody told me, my mom didn't, didn't dare tell me, uh, she told me years after that they had to go to the Securitate because, they, yeah, they had to be inquired what was your daughter doing sending letters to England. So it was that level of control, that level of censorship uh, in Romania. So you were afraid to, uh, to speak your mind. We were always... There was always one type of conversation in the house and a guarded type of conversation outside the house all the time. We find it hard to imagine living like that because we've just always enjoyed a freedom. Mm -hmm. It was something normal for us. We, we grew up with that and it was, it was kind of normal. Um, this kind of duality of, of thinking. You, you think one thing and then you express in a different way outside your home. But we, we grew up with that. We grew up with a lot of things that uh, we didn't know were missing. We had absolutely no idea that people could travel uh, with no restrictions. We had no idea that people could just go in a, rest, in, a, in a shop and buy meat or eggs without queuing. Or, um, yeah, so many things that, uh, that we, we didn't know existed. So bringing it back to your home life now, if Dave does the cooking, does that mean you do all the clearing up, the washing up, Lil, and stack the dishwasher? Yeah, well, he cook. He loves cooking, and and well, is his life, and uh, whatever he puts on the plate is love on a plate, and that's the reality of it. But the second reality of it, cleaning up after him, <laughs> that's that's a full time job. <laughs> it's not. I clean. I clean as I clean as a go. No, 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 not really. So the other week, he dropped a a, a jar of um, ketchup, but he dropped it that way that all the kitchen looked like a murder scene. It was, there were splashes everywhere, on the wall, on the ceiling, everywhere. And uh, yeah, it, it is a full-time job cleaning after him. It's worth it though. <laughs> why, are you so, why are you such a messy cook? I'm not messy. No, I clean as a go, but inevitably, I, I, I do after dinner, I, I think it's fair enough if I've cooked it, I, I will sit there, I'm not going to clean up, that, not that last lap. Because I do clean as a go, and um, uh, lately, well, may I add? Yes, okay. I've, <laughs> I've, I, 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 have, I have been broken down. I, I used to. It's, it's <laughs> on the telly. I'm used to used to somebody clean up afterwards completely, but it doesn't work now. So no, I, I do. There's only the last lap, um, but it's dishwasher, so it's fine. That's amazing, Lily. I think you're very, very lucky. Of course, I would happily do the clearing up. I think. But, um, and I have been cooked for by Dave, and it was, you are, it's, you're, you are joyful. You are a cook who cooks with love in his heart. You're absolutely right, Lily. You just love it, and that just comes through. Um, I, I want to go back to your 
mum, because your mum had MS and then your dad later had a stroke. You actually, you know, as, as childhoods go, Dave, it was pretty traumatic. I mean, you're very brave about it and very stoic, but I wonder if it, if, do you ever worry about Lily getting ill? Because you saw the two people you loved most as a child get ill. Is that anything, is that something you ever worry about? Yes, yes, I do, very much so. And, and I did lose somebody very close to me, um, you know, with, with, with the dreaded C and, you know, it, it was, uh, and there's that, there's a vulnerability, I think, that never leaves you. And um, I, I do worry about her. And um, and there I say, she's not very good at going to the checkups that one normally should have. And you don't see the point. I, I, and with me, it's at the back of my mind, you know, because I think once you've been hit with the, the mucky stick um, a couple of times, you, you, you do, you know, terrified that somebody's going to take the pleasure you've got away from you. And that, that I find quite hard. Um, but, you know, it, it's, um, I, th I think being with a strong person, there's, you know, she's strong willed, to, you know, well, hashtag stubborn, that there's no point in me trying to <laughs> convince her other ways, that there's another way. But yes, I do feel, I do feel, feel that, you know, I hope, I desperately don't want anything to be a self-fulfilling prophecy. But I think once bitten, you, you end up being a bit more cautious, uh, you know. I mean, you two must be the same as well. You've, you've had the end of it, you know. Yeah, we have, and maybe that's why you chose that Aerosmith song, to dedicate to Lily, that yeah. not wanting to miss a thing. Yeah. Yeah, we've certainly seized life, um, with travel. Yeah. We, we've we, we've had, most wonderful, wonderful years, um, traveling, experiencing new things. Um, yeah. I mean, Lily, do, would you say that your marriage to Dave has been changed by all the fame and the success and the the, the money? Or do you think your marriage would have been just the same? If, uh, it would if have been Dave just the same. Uh, yeah. When he comes home, he's a husband. He's my husband. He's not a celebrity. And this is the way I treat him as my husband. Because if I thought, oh, he's a celebrity or, um, or, or, or take advantage of, of, of his his status that'd be great that, no it wouldn't be it, 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 would, it would just status. Nah, no no she still leaves the dog poop for me to clean up yeah. no that keeps me grounded you know when i go out there it's like a minefield and there with my plastic bag and my scoop no this sounds like sharon and ozzy osborne yeah um, so bringing it back to music um so the song you dedicate to to lily is aerosmith i don't want to miss a thing um, Lily, what song would you pick to dedicate to Dave? <laughs> oh, it has to be that one. Where, hey, Geronimo. <laughs> Geronimo? Yeah, the Geronimo. Yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah. Who's, who's the... Uh, she uh, Shepherds. Shepherds, Sh yeah. yes. That's a, a fantastic story uh, with that song. Uh, a few years back, we uh, we went to America and we were in this... Uh, he calls them fat farms. Um, we were... <laughs> Camp, a posh one. Yeah, uh, in this place where we were zen for a week. It's called the Golden Door, just north of San Diego. And guess what? Every morning he would disappear. Zumba. And, and I didn't know why he disappeared, yeah? The last morning, yeah, on a Saturday morning, I follow him to see where he disappears, yeah? 
and he was dancing on or he was doing zumba on hey geronimo all that with uh, with weight and all that. but watching this gorgeous teacher and not the gorgeous teacher but her bum <laughs> so he was hey geronimo hey but watching intently her bum <laughs> So that's, I dedicate that song to him. She used to say, she was, she was phenomenal. But it was, yeah, there I was, you go. She, she was really energised. So we, I mean, I'd go to Zumba every morning at 10 o'clock. And uh, she used to say to me, she just to go, here, give me a hug. And I'd be going, what oh, am I all sweaty? She said, I love sweaty hugs. And I said, so, you know, I thought, I'm coming back tomorrow. I got, I lost three kilos in a week at Fat Camp. <laughs> <laughs> but it was funny. Like, you know, I, I can still see your face pressed to the glass. And you were going. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you very much, you two. So lovely to see you both. You. Lovely to see you both. Take good care. You Thanks, too. Johnny. Thank Bye -bye. you, Tiggy. Thank you. Bye-bye. So there we are. What a lovely uh, chat that was with Dave Myers and Liliana. I have to say it's the first time any of our guests has referred to their wives as being a bit Ceausescu. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't imagine we'll hear that description again. I thought they were great because there's a real power thing there. Lily is a very powerful woman, isn't she? Yes, she is. I think they're lovely together. They really too. are. And it just isn't that the funny thing about life. So there's Dave and and I didn't realize at the beginning they did so much of the work themselves, like researching uh, all the places for a, a TV series. So if they'd have settled for that not very nice hotel, Dave's life would have been completely different. Isn't it amazing? Yeah. It, it's incredible. One little decision, let's go to that hotel instead, and his whole life changes. Yeah. It's quite incredible. The other thing I did like about it, and I know we discussed it, was that, that slow burn of the relationship. Yeah. Uh, getting to know each other through emails and her coming over. And it was, it was a love that just grew very, very tenderly and naturally. Um, and it wasn't just all lustful and wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. And so I think they've got a really deep, well-rooted relationship there. But a lot of fun. I love the Geronimo <laughs> story. <laughs> yes. I mean, Dave has quite a life, doesn't he? He has... Dave is one of those people who I think is just so easygoing. He, for all the hardship he had as a child, he's had the most amazing career being a hairy biker with, with Cy, and he just loves life. He's actually a real example of how we should all be. He just embraces it all. And Lily, is a, she just copes with all of that. She's the, she's the balance. She's very much the yin to his yang. Well, the amazing thing that Terry Wogan said to the Queen when she was touring the BBC, and she asked him about work, and he said, Ma'am, I've never worked a day in my life. And if you can find... Um, a way to do what you love and get paid for it. You are a very lucky person. So there, David, he loves cooking, he loves motorbikes, he loves his mate Cy, and loves he loves being on TV and he loves travel. And he's, and he's doing it all and, and earning a nice living doing it. It's fantastic. It is fantastic. And uh, Lil just it has beautifully accepted all that side of his life. And as she said, when he comes home, he's just my husband. Yeah. He can go and pick up the dog shit. <clears throat> 
<laughs> so actually, there you we go. With a bit, I could do with you doing a bit of that, actually, Johnny. <laughs> I do. In fact, <laughs> Darcy's left some little presents in our yes. back garden, which I need to go and pick up. Um, so, and I was, yeah, we won't get into all of that. <clears throat> what we will say, though, is thank you to our sponsors, the Velvetizer, brought to you by Hotel Chocolat. Uh, which is a way to have barista-grade drinking chocolate mm-hmm. at home. They're a wonderful machine, and they make making drinking chocolate uh, so easy. And I love and the 85%. Oh, the 85%. Fantastic. It's just orgasmic. And also, we thank Fergus, who composed the music for this podcast. And we thank John Daly and Ojo Productions for all their work helping produce the podcast. And we'll be with you next time. Till then, take good care. And as for the Hairy Bikers, do look out for the Hairy Bikers Go North, which is their new series, which will be aired on the BBC pretty soon, sometime this year. In the autumn. Yeah. And a vegetarian cookbook. Yes. To come. Marvellous. You'll like that. (laughs) All right, there we go. We'll see you next time.